Hi guys and welcome to episode 6 of What the Fuck is Going On. Oh my goodness, I just feel like 2020 has just been like traumatic, emotionally draining and yeah, so we're back again with another serious episode. Um, I hope you guys listen into the news and watch what's going on around the world. But I'm sure you've seen um, the hashtag dark and SARS go viral on social media. And yeah, we are just standing and coming in solidarity with our Nigerian brothers and sisters who have been fighting a good fight. Um, For those of you who don't know, um, Nigerians took to the streets, blocking roads um, across cities in Africa's most populous nation. Um, They marched in the tens of thousands, chanting enough is enough against um, police brutality and violence. So we have a special guest who's joining us, who's just going to help us understand what exactly is going on in Nigeria and what are the people in Nigeria fighting for. We have Nicole joining us and she um, has been on the forefront of the End SARS campaign in the UK and we are lucky to have her today as they actually have another march. So we managed to get her before they go off and fight for the country. So yeah, Nicole, can you just um, introduce yourself? Hello, hello. (laughs) Um, Well, my name is Nicole Etchi. I have been a part of the End SARS UK team. Um, and for the past few weeks, we have been organizing protests, we have been supporting other organizers, and we have been just trying to assess the needs um, back home and respond appropriately um, in terms of how we amplify here in the UK. Um, when I'm not protesting, I am working <laughs> all the time, so um, literally my life has literally just been NSARS and my nine to five. That's it. That's incredible. So for those of, for people who might not know, what is SARS and why are Nigerians calling for an end to SARS? Well, okay, so where do we start? SARS is a Nigerian special police force. So um, it's a branch of the special police force. It stands for special anti-robbery squad that is what they are supposed to do they are supposed to be addressing the issue of armed robbers and um yeah robbery that's what they're supposed to be tackling that's not necessarily what they have been doing but that's what they are supposed to be doing um so what are your thoughts like what stories have you heard because i've heard that they are quite brutal i've heard that they i mean steal money from youths and i've heard them taking people to cash points and taking money from them what are the kind of things that the special police force is actually doing okay so SARS that is um supposed to be addressing robbery um um and dealing with that side of things actually has a very very long history of abusing and violating human rights of Nigerians. Um, So yes, we do have occasions where if you're lucky, they'll stop you and you give them what they want and then they'll let you go home. But we also have occasions where people do not go home. Um, They have been known to, you know, stereotype young Nigerians. So if you have, for example, a laptop, they just assume that you are a, I guess, a 419 that you're doing for if you have tattoos or if you have like dreadlocks they assume that you must be doing drugs um and they will you know quite easily just 
keep you um waste your time trying to like just basically terrorize you because of the way that you look and they are often so adamant that they are correct um and as a normal person who you know just as a normal person who's watching or who's experiencing in the moment you just cannot believe their ignorance you really cannot um they've been known to kind of to not wear their uniform um so they can just come out anywhere there's nowhere to uh, there's no how to identify them um they just come and they tell you that they are sad and then they tell you what they want um also amnesty international has a very detailed report which i would actually advise people to go and see because people genuinely think it stops at them stopping you because you have an iphone but it goes beyond that they have been engaged in kidnapping murder theft rape torture like extrajudicial killings like it just keeps the the list is long and this has been long overdue in fact i'm actually shocked that we this didn't happen sooner <laughs> but um yeah so that that stars in a nutshell the special anti robbery squad so i mean you said um a statement which brings up my next question where you said you're surprised it didn't happen sooner i've seen a lot of celebrities actually applaud the nigerian youths and saying that it's about time and they never thought that this moment would ever happen in their lifetime what do you think triggered people to say you know what enough is enough this is the time we're going to march and we want change what do you think triggered that moment the individuals that um rose up to the occasion you know um when things happen especially for example like myself uh so when we organized the first uk protest initially you're really scared you're like oh i don't even know if anyone's going to follow me and this is riding off the momentum of what's going back at home so i guess we just never thought that individuals would come together and actually rise up to the occasion i guess in a sense we underestimated the youth of nigeria you know that's that's my sense like i never saw it happen i know how it happens i i know there was an existing hashtag and size um however um fouls the bad guy and um, you guys know him now right fouls <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um and i think one town they organized like the initial protest um in uh oh god where was this either abu jalego shall they organized the first protest and they were so surprised by how many people came out but for them to even organize that right was a very big bold statement you, you just don't really do that in our time maybe in our parents time i heard that actually our parents generation was very troublesome and they like to protest a lot um uh, under the umbrella of student bodies at university so they were very vocal however my generation this generation has been a bit um laid back and i guess people just thought that that would be the tone indefinitely you know i yeah. i guess people just mm-hmm. thought you know the once vocal nigeria was gone and now i guess um if you see it as because this is how i look at it i see it as um it's exactly like or very similar to being in an entanglement with a very abusive person that person being the nigerian federal government um so i believe that a lot of people kind of thought 
that our generation was more, I don't know, like more tolerant of the abusive, more laid back. To be fair, we have been conditioned for a very long time to not be vocal. We've kind of been conditioned to, you know, like this is how it is. Nigeria is like this, you know. Oh. This mm. is how people are, this is how government is, you know. Nothing's impossible, corruption. Cause it's negative statement after negative statement. And, you know, you're, you're hearing these things from parents, aunties, everybody, like as you're growing up, of course you're going to be slowly over time conditioned to being accepting of the injustices that you're seeing because they've told you that that's Nigeria's norm. They've told you that this is just how Nigeria is. No one has ever said, okay, this is how Nigeria is, but you guys come together. It's never followed with an, an encouraging statement. They just left it there like, yes, Nigerian politicians are corrupt. Yes, just think, you know, they'll tell us, oh, snake ate how many billionaire would <laughs> you know, it's never, we, we were never encouraged or permitted to ever speak out against injustices. Um, so I think that's why people thought it was never going to happen. I think that's why people are surprised because we had the audacity to rise up and mm-hmm. start speaking out and mm-hmm. start holding these people accountable. That's the audacity to say, Buhari has been a bad boy. I'm sure he's even fuming. I'm sure he's so angry. That's and embarrassed. <laughs> Should be. Embarrassed. I, I don't even think he has enough pride to even like be embarrassed. I think he's just angry. I honestly think he's just so angry. <laughs> it's not even funny. I, I laugh because I'm so upset and angry at the situation that all I can do is laugh. But yeah, I think that is the case. They just never thought that we would have the audacity to not just protest for one day, but to sustain protests mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, and also fight back because, you know, they tried to shut down accounts. They tried to, we were fund, they were funding themselves. People were sending funding. And back home, they literally were sabotaging every single effort the whole time consistently, but people were still pulling through. I saw Nigerians come together in a way that I have never seen them come together before. You know, like from the efforts of the lawyers that worked for free to help people and to release protesters, the efforts of people that, you know, were there for the medical response team, the efforts of people that were providing food, people were cooking in their homes and coming to meet the protesters and handing out food. I saw Nigerians take care of their citizens in a way that the Nigerian government has never taken care of its citizens. Mm. You know? So I guess seeing that motivated a lot of people to join because this is the Nigeria that everybody's has kind of been hoping for or dreaming about. This is the Nigeria that people told us was never going to be possible. Mm. And right now they are fighting. <laughs> they are really like right now. And one of the reasons why we are going so hard in the UK is because despite the fact that any normal person, I'm not sure if you saw the videos of them doing the vigils or some of the protest videos, but it was so moving and mm. yet, because of greed or because of fear or because of just, I don't really know how to explain why the government, Nigerian government has responded the way they have responded. 
but they are actively suppressing their voices. They are actively suppressing like their efforts and you know, they've intimidated them off the street, you know? Like and it's yeah. sad. And here in the UK we can actually speak out and know that they cannot send the military to us. Mm. Know that, you know, they cannot just brush us <laughs> on the street. You know, um this politician, Abiyojin Bolarinwa, he actually shot at protesters um at the Bula Egba ground and it was it's on it's on video, it's on social media. Yeah, yeah. Everyone can see it. Why is that man still walking around? He killed two people for God's sake. Do you get it's things like that yeah. that you kind of think, why is Nigeria the way it is? And yet they have rounded up random locals and told them that they set fire to buildings and have arrested them. The locals are now looking at them and saying, Ah, but I was not there. We're asking for them to support, you know, the, to bring support, evidence. How do you know the people that covered their faces? How do you know now, now know that this is them? Did you receive intelligence? They can't even form like a credible story. They they have literally just bundled a whole bunch of people and said that these are the hooligans and arrested them and have been keeping them since like that. Their pet, their families don't know where they are. They're just under they're just under the they're just with the police now it's it's kind of like i don't know <laughs> talking about it just gets me so upset i don't know how you guys feel but honestly anyone would be like any like any sane person would be just you know listening to and just not even listening like seeing what is happening it's absolutely insane i feel like even us from the outside and just like we're not in nigeria it just it's the most painful thing ever to see you know your country is bad but when you see it like this it is bad bad like it is for me i was telling somebody i was like for me the only way i could describe it is wickedness because the <laughs> the with the with the lack of care for people's lives the way people live their lives the lack of care for young people it's absolutely disgusting and the way and the way they're, you know, trying to change everything, they're basically gaslighting the youth of Nigeria, trying to treat us like you're stupid. Honestly, the government is that bad ex. That ex that you know that will, you know, is really fucking up your life. That is the that is yeah. the government. And it's really painful. And I've had like just on the part of like, you know, they never really expected young people. I had like people at work, people around me saying, Oh, you know, how did this gain traction so quickly? How did they gain support? Like how why is it such a big movement that the whole world is looking at it? I was like, just by the sheer number of us, we're two hundred million people and this is why the government is scared where are a lot of people and 65 percent of that 200 million people are like youths are like young people over like under the age of like 40 so it is absolutely like if we have something to say of course the whole world is going to listen of course the government is going to be scared of course it's going to affect change but now i just really hope that you know we can keep fighting the good fight because lord like change really has to happen and it has to happen soon I also wanted to touch on, um, Nicole, what you said about how you felt, like how it's making you feel. Like, I just remember when um, the morning of the Lecky Tollgate massacre, I remember Lola um, put something in the group chat, like, oh, we should post about it. And I hadn't even checked um, what had happened. I just said, oh, yeah, girl, let's post about it. Because I already knew that in SARS, um, the protest was going on. And I just remember dropping my sister off to school, getting back into my car and thought, let me just go on Twitter. And I honestly sat in my car and just cried. Like, I just couldn't, couldn't imagine 
this kind of pain that they had felt that's also what pushed me to join um the nsars protest in the uk because i just thought there's no way i can just sit at home i don't know they're silencing my people my cousins i called all my cousins they all cry you could hear bullets in the background even as far as in the village i have cousins in um in abba which is like a, a village and um they my cousins live near a police station and you could just hear that they were still shooting people the next day still shooting just any strangers on the street anyone that they could find and i just thought and they were all lying on the floor crying just making sure that no bullets will go into their house like i'm like what kind of how did we get here but to be honest the the fact that there is there is this movement the fact that some obviously there there is bloodshed it just shows that nigeria is tired and people are willing to die for for a better Pain. nigeria which it's sad but it's, it's coming at a good a good cause i think abby can you explain the lekki tollgate massacre just because i feel like there are people listening you know we've had people tell us like oh it's because of your po- no, it's because of you guys posted it or your podcast that's why we even know about what's going on in nigeria like people who are not british people you know who are like not european so if abby do you want to explain it just a quick of what happened yeah, that just, night or if i mean yeah i don't i don't mind but yeah it was on the 20th um of october um they the they had gone to a peaceful protest them um, nigerians um in lekki um they were protesting peacefully then all of a sudden well after their long efforts and being outside for hours the government or the army or whoever has called the order we're, we're still to i'm sure today we still don't know who's called the order we'll never know probably it was the same snake that swallowed the 80 million naira that called the order who knows but they um decided that they were going to switch off all the lights um all the street lights remove cameras switch off cameras and just decide to shoot at innocent unarmed protesters who were sitting on the floor singing the national anthem like honestly as i'm saying it now it's giving me goosebumps and i feel like it's just it was the most horrendous thing i think i've ever heard of of an army deciding to shoot people in pitch black people that want a better change even for them even they they're fighting for the army they're fighting for the police squad and that's the bit i don't understand like how can you be in in the police force and you know that these people are fighting for better pay for you better better structure for your job better education for the country and you it's not just about insults they were fighting for change in general no one in wants general. to mm. do you know do you know what it's like to go to nigeria as the fact that we're here in the uk privileged but seki you tell them how it's like when we're preparing to go to nigeria like honestly it's like i just don't even like I, it's i think we are we're thinking of going to nigeria in december and first we're fearful because we're like oh my god a country that can like just shoot like shoot its own citizens for basically no reason first that is fearful secondly we're just so scared for our family for everyone on ground because we're saying like we all work in newsrooms and us reporting that like we had to watch the videos and i couldn't even imagine what it's like for the people on ground like the next day i know sam can tell you but from my perspective when i was work i had to interview people then um, like literally the morning of and when i tell you i'm speaking to grown men over the age of 30 and they're crying on the phone and they're saying that they're like one guy that i spoke to was like i couldn't sleep all night i'm still hearing gunshots the other guy is like this is the most traumatic experience of my life and if you know nigerians we're not the people to talk about mental health we're such a strong people to see how this massacre how this broke 
our fellow Nigerians, it's one of the most disheartening like circumstance ever. Like I, I still can't get over it. And even what yeah. Abby said, and we could, you know, they weren't just shooting that night. I, there were videos everywhere. There was one video of a boy in Yaba, which it was actually verified. The police just went up to him, a young boy, and shot him for no reason on the street that morning of. It was kind of like the way they did it was like, how dare you like rise up against me? Like it's yeah. honestly that abusive mentality. How dare you rise up against me? How dare you speak out? Exactly. They literally lashed out at their own citizens. And it's, I just, and even like the whole circumstance after, and then literally, um, sorry, it's just because we already covered this. And literally the morning after the army put up like news articles of like different publications saying this is fake news. We're never there in the first instance, the way they've denied it. And then the Lagos governor came up the next morning and said there were no deaths that, um, no, but he didn't know who sent the army. It's just, it's, it's it's like they think we're stupid and they think that our lives don't matter like so it's you know sorry to use like the black lives matter thing but like literally they're saying nigerians lives do not matter to them unless you are of a certain degree unless you have power the normal okay. person on the street the exactly a normal john doe on the street does yeah. not matter and that is where it's really really painful and yeah, the, the thing is with that, with what happened on Tuesday, 20th of October, we, I don't even want to say that we were lucky in the sense that it was caught on social media, but we, it's in our favour that it was documented on social media. It's in our favour that brave people, you know, use their phones to record to make Insta stories, to make Insta lives. It's a live actually because my team and I, we were up, we were watching live as it was happening. And this was only because obviously it was Lekki, one of the most, like, it's a quite a prominent area compared to other areas in Nigeria. However, we need to remember that these things happened all throughout Nigeria. Remember, they were protesting outside of Lagos and all the other states. It's just that we, we didn't really get as much video evidence for those things. But it happened. And this is actually a pattern of behavior that the government has been doing where they will literally shut us up with military and then cover up what they've done. Mm. And then, you know, there's not enough evidence for any kind of intervention. So we are really blessed, I guess, to have this documentation. We are really blessed to have the people that were there on ground that have legit actually put their lives on the line and are saying this is just the beginning we are you know in the process of collating all our evidence we are so lucky to have those brave individuals i actually like i actually think we all owe our lives to them because in a sense they're doing this for us for the whole of nigeria even the people that as you said are shooting them they're doing this for a better nigeria so um I don't know if it is actually heartbreaking to see what's going on. And the the government has been doing this and getting away with it, which is why this time we cannot actually give up the good fight. We actually have to take this all the way to the end. I I feel like if we just cannot go back, because if we go back, we're going all the way back to square one. Mm. And we're legit. If we go back, we are actually saying in an indirect way that it is okay 
for you guys to routinely violate and abuse our human rights. Yep. It's, it's okay for you guys to disregard us. It's okay. It's okay. And, and all of this would have been for nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. It happened everywhere. It wasn't just lucky. It happened everywhere. And that is the heartbreaking thing. It, it's, it happened everywhere. And all of them will have to answer, start answering questions because for the audacity of people who are who have lost their family members the audacity mm. of the government to now say or for lagos governor to now say you know that there have been no death like go out and verify your information first before you open your mouth and see are you okay that's not okay <laughs> what ground is that okay it's not okay and on top the military coming out to say Oh, the videos were so so short. We need to start holding these people accountable for the lies that they are telling, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what we, at least here in NSAR UK, that's what we're trying to do now. Because it's like <laughs> they lie in their sleep and they keep lying, and the lies are actually causing confusion. So it's really we need to start like making it clear, especially to people like the International Criminal Court, that these people are lying. They are. <laughs> And even the older generation, like my mom, she gets most of her news off Facebook because, you know, that's where the moms are and the, you know, our, you know, parents are. So my mom was like, "Ah, the um, Nigerian government that said that, oh, um, you know, everything they said. I was like, mom, it's not true. She's like, Mm -hmm. people are putting up. I was like, mom, it's not true. I was like, I work in news. I've seen this video myself. I'm telling you right now, it is not true. The one that they said, oh, they cut the camera. She was like, "Ah, I'm seeing people posting that this they cut the cameras they say maybe they didn't cut it i was like mom they cut it it is true we saw it with our two eyes the whole video was dark and i feel like you know that's what they're doing our you know our generation we're you know we're more savvy online so we can see through that lies but our moms general people who are like over the age of 50 and 60 they're you know they're more easy because they're getting like most of their news on whatsapp and facebook mm-hmm. and all sorts of all sort of things so that's how i know that this thing that it actually works what they're doing which even is even though it's terrible this kind of mind game they're they're playing mm-hmm. it actually works to divide us and to you know confuse people they have tried everything including trying to um to bring up like ethnic tensions you know like tribal tensions they tried yeah. that as well because with the protest there was no such thing as like oh what tribe are you from it, nigeria was actually united you know yeah. we were actually all one we were whether you're yoba ibo hausa or ensas <laughs> yeah that, that was the common ground indeed. yeah and they tried to you know try they really did try they tried with the paid hoodlums that they the hoodlums have said with their mouth that they were paid. Who paid Can you? Can you imagine? We want Can to you know imagine? who paid you. You know, and the... Oh, I, I can't even... I can't. Huh. Uh, they tried everything. everything. My mum was telling me that how there was a video going around on WhatsApp that said that they're now from Monday, from after the Lucky Tollgate massacre, from the Monday, that they're going to just start going into houses and killing Ibo people. The Yoruba said, yeah, we're over it. We're just going to start killing all the Ibos. I was saying, what is that? Like, that is not even a real, like, that's not what we're fighting for. That's not, where did that come from? Like, follow the movement. If we're talking about Ensas, Ensas, we're not doing Ibo versus Yoruba. That's not, that's not how we're bettering Nigeria. People are paid. They'll, they select troublemakers. 
there was one guy in Abuja who, yeah, it was Abuja who came. He said that he was, I think he was on behalf, he was speaking on behalf of the locals that he didn't want us to protest anymore. And um, it's just spewing a whole bunch of articulate rubbish. So, <laughs> he, so then someone now discovered that actually this is someone who actually is on TV all the time. Like politicians will pay him and then he'll come and then he'll speak and, you know, speak on behalf of the youth when really no one sent him. And they'll make it, they'll bring the media, they'll make it seem like, oh, there's a group of people, there's another population of protesters that are against the actual protesters and they don't want this fight. Like they, they legit sponsored the division. And I guess it kind of shows how um, intense they are. Like how, what's the word? How determined they are, how scared they are because of the extreme that they have gone to to try and cover up the truth and to try mm. and stop their protests. Um, so I would actually say it's kind of encouraging to see them act like this because I want them to continue to make mistakes. Um, you know, when people are under pressure and they're stressed out, they're more inclined to make mistakes. As mm. much as they think that they are winning this fight, I think in terms of the long run side of things, they're losing because they're making so many mistakes that when somebody actually sits down and begins to compile the government's response, the way that they've been behaving, the amount of money that they've invested in trying to sabotage effort, the video evidence. One, you know, it, you end up with a very big, like, pile of evidence that supports what we have been trying to say the whole time. So anything, they've actually created an opportunity for us to take all of this and re-strategize and actually ask for more. They've really shot themselves in the foot because initially all we wanted was for them to answer, for them to sack the um, IG of police because it happened under his watch. And in, in, in any civilized society, the person responsible steps down, you know, look at <laughs> Theresa May, um, look at our politicians in the UK here, they step down any small thing. Okay, we are resigning. We apologize. We can't even get that in <laughs> Exactly. In the UK, any small thing, you see them step down or even suspend suspend them. You can see what's going on with in fact actually it's a big thing what's happening in the neighbor. But um you see like the typical response to when something is ha- has happened and needs to be investigated. You know, how can they investigate the police force when the person responsible for all the shenanigans that was happening, the abuses, it's still there. It kind of makes no sense. He needs to step aside so that somebody that is objective can now enter the situation and, you know, assess, you know, assess what's happening, assess it completely objectively and independently. But they keep sending the IG to give us statements. I don't really understand. I don't know if you guys understand it, but I don't understand it. He keeps releasing um, press statements. He keeps speaking. And us, the protesters, us Nigerians, we're looking and we're thinking, ah, why is this man still here? We've been telling you, five for five. Um, I don't know if you saw the list of the five for five that NSARS was asking for. It was very straightforward. Um, and they kept on saying that they wanted 
leaders to come and negotiate. And the protesters were saying, there's nothing to negotiate. What we want is very clear. We want the five for five. Like there's actually nothing to discuss. Um, and they kept on using that as an excuse as to why they couldn't meet our demands because they said that they needed somebody to come and step up as a leader for them to work with. But Nigeria has a history of corrupting people. So what tends to happen is we find a leader, somebody who actually starts off with great intentions. Um, a great example of being Desmond Elliott. When he was new, he was such a good speaker. We were so hopeful. We were like, great, finally, someone that cares about the youth, someone that cares about Nigeria. Only for him, fast forward down the line, to com he's saying things that contradict what he was saying early on in his political career. Why? Because he has been corrupted. I don't know what it is about that system, but people keep entering it and coming out corrupted. <laughs> I don't understand it. So, Nico, having said that, I wanted to ask, regarding the, like, the movement now, obviously the news and social media, things stop trending after a while. What is happening behind the scenes now? Now that NSAR's hashtag is not trending, what are the youths in Nigeria doing and how can we keep the momentum going for real change to take place? At the moment, I'm not sure if you've seen, but there's a judicial panel that has been um, brought together. Um, this is a state, uh, I guess, state-endorsed panel. Uh, mm -hmm. It includes two people, at least, that we know of, that we recognize from the protest, that we can actually say, okay, these are good people. So mm -hmm. I guess in that sense, people are hopeful for this panel. The only issue is, I would say with this panel, and not to sound like negative or anything like that, is that this was a nationwide issue, and yet this panel is very state-specific. So yes, it's great that we have this panel that is now listening to any, um, so what they're doing, people are coming with their, um, what do we call it, their cases, and then the panel has been set up to listen to the cases and essentially hold police officers, hold you know, defenders accountable. Um, I guess, yeah, so the issue is that this is state-sponsored um, state and really and truly we should have an independent body mm -hmm. that can address things on a national level and can be completely objective and independent. So yeah. I guess that would be, as much as the judicial panel is great, it's nice, great, great, it's not really the solution to things. Um, in the background of things, currently protesters in Nigeria, it's not safe for them to be out, so they are not doing that. Here in the UK, I know that we have recently received a more detailed, adequate, honest response from the Minister for Africa. I'm not sure if you've seen that here in the UK, who has finally admitted or told us that actually there is UK involvement with size that they actually trained the police officers um and therefore i think that gives us a basis now to say okay you trained the police officers you funded them 
so you must ask them questions and Mm -hmm. if they're not going to listen to us at least maybe they'll listen to the uk government and if they don't listen to the uk government one would think that the uk government would think okay so next time or any kind of funding like you know we'll be a, a lot more we'll do our due diligence because me, I'm surprised that they didn't do their due diligence. SARS has a history of, like I said, like they have been known for routinely um, violating human rights offences. So for me, it just makes no sense that the UK government would just hand over three million pounds of our money, mm-hmm. <laughs> of <our> taxes. <laughs> you know, they will hand over three million pounds. I, I, it doesn't really make sense. So I think. Actually, where people are saying people in the UK, people in diaspora, you know, what can they do or what are they doing? I think now we actually have basis and, and I know that there are conversations being held with MPs. Um, I'd like to give credit to Kate Osamo, who is a UK MP who has been doing phenomenal, like, phenomenal work, asking the right question. And I can see that initially people are not responding to her, but I can see now there's more clout there's a lot mm-hmm. more clout in parliament a lot more mps are signing off on letters and joining her and i i love that so we're seeing as much as we're not seeing as much um NSARS on our timeline at least in parliament at least you know in these things they're having these discussions in nigeria they discuss social media in the lagos house of assembly i'm not sure if you saw that um and even being a the fact that everybody was tuning in, watching and critiquing what the elected were saying shows that there's yeah. obviously been a change. Like there's no it's never going to be the same as it was. We are always going to pay attention, always going to highlight the discrepancies, always going to ask questions now. Even people that we would have thought would not be interested in politics were seeing the average Nigerian is now asking questions questions that should have been asking but at least we are here today we are asking them the question so for example i don't think they can tell us again that a snake just swallowed money (laughs) ever happen again so behind the scenes uh, there are things that are not tangible that have changed for example like the shift in political like um activism and participation so people are calling out now for like things like electoral reform just basic things like say you're a university student and you go to a university town, you shouldn't have to go all the way back home to vote. You should be able to vote in your university town. Yeah. Those things are not possible in Nigeria. And it's probably one of the reasons why we are seeing um, a decline in, um, in like turnout at these mm-hmm. elections. Serious decline. It's like, it's, oh, I think I even tweeted about it. Um, so these are the things that pe- people are literally picking things that they think, okay, this needs to change and coming together to uh, do those things. They're just not necessarily mm-hmm. on the internet, but behind the scenes, people are doing things and we are all supporting each other. There's so many projects that my friends are working on individually and it, it's our own to just like connect people connect the creatives to the other creatives for them to make their projects. You know, like it's, it's insane the amount of collaboration that has happened. In fact, mm-hmm. with the NSARS UK team, none of us really knew each other. Random team of people that just came together, came off the back of like a tweet. So there'll be a lot of that going on behind the scenes. People coming together to just 
make Nigeria a better place. And for you, I mean, as a, like a final question, what are your hopes and dreams for Nigeria? Mm. My hopes and dreams, if I'm being completely selfish, mm-hmm. yeah, I want the choice. It's mm-hmm. not that I'm in this country, the UK, by force, because, you know, um, so after university, I could have gone home, or I could have, home, I mean Nigeria, or I could have stayed in the UK. I was born here, but I consider Nigeria home, because mm-hmm. first and foremost, I'm Nigerian. My dream would have been, ideally, to have at least had the choice. You know, the same graduate schemes that are here in the UK, the same, like, just the, I, here in the UK, it makes sense. You work hard and you can get somewhere. If you put in the effort, by God's grace, you'll get there. In Nigeria, it's like you have to mm-hmm. know someone. And then even, like, and that's, yeah. just, that's just job security. That's just me wanting to pay the bills if I go back home. Um, Ideally, I would love for Nigeria to be a place that has economic mobility for, you know, someone to put in the hard work and be able to have access to opportunities without having to stay who their father is or who their mother is, you know. Ideally, when the police, so the only thing that has saved me from police when I've been back home has been the fact that I know at the end of the day, last, last, I can make a phone call and they'll leave me alone. But pe- not everybody is like that. Not mm-hmm. everybody has that privilege. And that is what pains me. And my own is for me to one day have an idea that if I, I can actually say, okay, I've, if I'm in the UK, it's because I've chosen to be in the UK, not because I've been forced to be in the UK due to the lack of opportunities back home. I, it's a, I would ideally like Nigeria to be a place where my children can go out and I will not be scared my son can go out to the club and come back home mm-hmm. safely, not being held up by police force, exhausting them. You know, just somewhere where I can just not stress the way that I stress in the UK. There's, to go back home to Nigeria, as I said before earlier, now I have to know in the back of my mind that I am actually giving up some of my fundamental human rights. I have to know that yep. actually I'm going back to a place that does not respect peaceful protesters i'm going back to a place mm-hmm. where the courts are not orderly i'm going back to a place where if something happens i cannot go to my local mp i cannot go to my local governor they will not listen to me you know it, that yeah. ideally nigeria in a in my ideal world would be a place that respects human rights at least you know where politicians do not hoard food that is meant for the public and yep. give them out as birthday presents. You know, a place where a politician cannot in broad daylight bring out a gun and just shoot down two peaceful protesters just like that because the, the protesters didn't listen to you. You know, like, if... I'm not asking for too much. I don't think so. Yeah. I, really so. I mean, you and the rest of Nigeria, I don't think you guys are asking for too much at all. And... The sad reality is this is also a fight. The rest of the continent is also fighting. So, yeah, it's what a time to be a young African youth. I just want to say, if people wanted to support NSARS UK, where can we find you? When can we march with you? When can we just join hands with you and continue this movement? Yeah, so we are on the socials. We're on Instagram, Mm -hmm. NSARS UK. 
um, and it's the same handle on Twitter, NSAS UK. Um, yeah, if you go to that, our pages, you'll see details of not just our protest, but everybody's protest, because we're really big on solidarity. It's not about who are the organizers, it's about NSAS, you know. So we try and put out as much information on our protest and everybody just protest in the UK. And actually, we we we're actually collaborating with um other like enterprise community groups in various parts of the world. Um, so this weekend is officially like a global campaign where we're trying to do as many protests in as many cities as possible. There's New York, there's Paris. I know even Germany and France are doing something. There's lockdown, but they're doing it online. So even if you can't go out and um, you can't be physically present, you can join in online. We're just, yeah, we're making it very accessible for everybody. And there's more things to come, including like just having discussions about strategy, about, you know, what the needs are. Like we'll be hopefully putting some things out in that regard, maybe like a Zoom thing, a Zoom panel so that people can actually discuss what they think. Because a lot of people have valid ideas. We're very smart people, very ambitious people. So just creating that forum for people to come and collate their ideas. And hopefully off the back of that, you know, big things will be born from that, you know, new ideas and further progression. So that's it. Fantastic. Guys, any more questions from you? No, honestly, I'm just so grateful to have had you on this platform, number one, on such short notice. And yeah, I mean, this is definitely something so triggering. So we do really hope that this is part of the reason why the conversation um, continues. And just let's just not stop talking about it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, yeah no more questions for me either. Again, thank you so much. Really um, just amazing eye-opening to have you on. Thank Fantastic. you for having me. Yeah, shall we round it up? Go on first. Go for it, Ziggy. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening um, to What the Fuck is Going On. This has been, again, one of our most profound and insightful episodes. Hope you guys um, enjoyed it. Please remember to support NSARS UK. You can, find them on, you can find them on Instagram and on Twitter. And they have different links on how to support the movement as well. And also shout out to the Feminist Coalition. I know they've been doing a lot in Nigeria as well. There are also a good um grassroots organization to look at if you want to support um thank you guys and also follow us what the fuck is going on at instagram facebook and twitter and yes let's keep using um the hashtag answers in the morning you wake up answers in the afternoon answers in the night answers when you're sleeping if you can be using one eye to type answers that will be even greatly appreciated so thank you so much i hope you guys have a blessed week and see you guys in the next two weeks can i get Bye bye, y'all. Bye. 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 <laughs>